Hello and welcome to season two of the Tell Me If You Can podcast, a podcast where I have the honor of listening to and unpacking stories of amazing women. My name is Ogechi, your host, and today's guest is Dr. Tara Hines-McCoy. Dr. Tara is a career coach, author, and speaker who inspires women to take action and awaken their lives. In today's episode, Dr. Tara shares her resilience story on a personal and professional level and how being able to clearly define her why helped her reframe goals and turn lemons into lemonade. Let's take a listen to Dr. Tara's story. Dr. Tara, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. For those of us that don't know who you are, can you give us a quick who you are, what you do, and where you're from? Yes. First and foremost, thank you for this platform. It's an amazing platform, and I really appreciate you creating this for for our voices, uh, but also honored to be a guest today with you. Uh, As as you mentioned, my name is Dr. Tara Hines-McCoy, a native of Little Rock, Arkansas, uh, born and raised there, uh, moved away for about 10 years or so, and uh, about 2018 landed in Dallas. So I, in that time, I moved to about five or six states, to be quite honest, Uh, but Little Rock is home and Dallas is home now, uh, where I uh, was formerly a global HR leader. Uh, I've been in HR for 15 plus years. Uh, And since that time, I've transitioned to a career coach and author. Uh, And that's where I am today. Thank you so much. Um, so let's talk a little bit. I like to talk about like background of guests just to get an idea of where they came from. What were, what was it like growing up and what were some of the goals that you had as a young person? Oh, absolutely. Great question. (laughs) It it allows me to reflect on the upcoming speech that I'll be giving. uh, And (laughs) my goals growing up, um, they they changed quite a bit. So, uh, of course, I had this vision of this white picket fence. Uh, I was a fan of Leave it to Beaver. So I thought that uh, I would have a home like that, a fence like that. (laughs) Uh, I would wear dresses like that, uh, possibly, you know, those early years thinking of being a homemaker, but as I matured and as I as I grew up uh, in in Little Rock, Arkansas, uh, really my goal was initially to be an attorney uh, and also um, to be a reporter. So when I went off to college, my major was speech communications and theater. Uh, always had a love for for theater. Always had a love for that broadcasting reporting element um, that you're able to you know share the news with with millions millions of people to keep them informed. Um, And so that I thought coupled with that law background was something that I thought that I wanted to do. Wow, that's really interesting. I love that. Um, I just, that's a very interesting, um, I don't think anyone said Leave It to Be was a favorite (laughs) show. And so I think but I love how, like, it is a very quintessential, like, perfect American household. 
and so many people aspired for that. Um, personally, I didn't aspire for a picket fence, um, but I like that you were able to recognize that um, that show did influence your goals, and then um, you pivoted towards that that more logical side of yourself and then the creative side of yourself with theater and law. Mm-hmm. And I like that. I think an attorney and a reporter is very related and even though it doesn't seem like that. Mm-hmm. And so I think those are great goals. Obviously um, you pivoted in your mindset and goals. So what are, what are some things that changed in your thinking that um, switched those goals for you? Uh, well, thank God for the Cosby show because they came along and then you see this, <laughs> this black family who, um, you know, a doctor and an attorney who are the parents and uh, they were going through similar, uh, you know, issues or concerns with their children. Like many of our parents were at that time, although they may not have had the titles, uh, our, our households ran similar to those because for me, I had a two parent household, uh, two middle, middle-class working um parents who tried to definitely give us everything we we needed and everything that we wanted. So definitely very fortunate and from that perspective. And I carried that with me. And, you know, we've been going into college. I, I pivoted one because quite honestly, the loss, the, the LSAT was a beast. And although I I took, you know, many prep exams. And let me just be very clear. Uh, you know, test taking was just not my forte. And when I I loved broadcast journalism and had an opportunity to intern with a local station uh, in Nashville, Tennessee, where I completed school at, ten- at the Tennessee State University. And my assignment was pigeons, pigeon forge, Tennessee. And there were pigeons all over my head, like during this reporting session. And I thought I was going to come unglued. And so it wasn't shortly after that I began to look into graduate programs because obviously this is not where I wanted to start. So I made a quick shift actually into public administration initially. And after doing some, having some really thorough conversations with friends, with some, um, with some great mentors, HR is where they really saw a great fit for me. And so I transitioned to human resources in graduate school and that's where I've been. That's really where the, the, the passion and love for people was unveiled uh, and being able to not only represent them, but to represent the company to do the right thing. Honestly, I feel like the some of the skill sets and being an attorney and a reporter and also and even in that theater interest that you had are very applicable to HR. I've worked in HR before. I think you have to be able to be um, observant. You have to be able to report back, you know, facts. If someone reports something to you, you have to be able to be unbiased. And, And then you also have to be a great people person to create a connection so that whether, depending on your roles, there's very many paths to HR that you can take, but you have to be able to connect well with people in order to be a human resources professional. Um, the human aspect is necessary. So it's interesting that you landed in HR where you started in your heart, in your mind with um, law and 
broadcast journalism. But I think obviously that's been a great fit for you because you've had a lot of success in that career. I wanted to kind of circle back. Uh, you grew up in Little Rock, Arkansas, and that's a, t- a city that or town, if you will, that has had a lot of history. Mm-hmm. Was any of that history influential in your life growing up? You know, great question. And, and and actually, I would say that it was. It made me really cognizant of the journey of, of so many uh, historians, particularly when you think about the Little Rock Nine from Central High School. And although I didn't attend that school, mm-hmm. uh, there you could not live here and not understand the impact that they had. And so, you know, many times, even in traveling and even when I went off to to college, you know, the question would come up regarding, you know, hey, did you go to Central High School? Uh, So that's just that particular situation has had, you know, a a really a, a nationwide reach. And so most people can associate uh, you know, that school or Daisy Bates uh, with with Little Rock, Arkansas. So definitely, uh, you know, I'm, I'm definitely honored to even know the story, but also to live in a city which they really, you know, shared the stories of, of those nine, but then so many other historical events that occurred. Yes, it's a town, it's a, I keep saying town, <laughs> city that, um, was almost at the, got a, a lot of center uh, the center of attention of so many people because of the advances in integration and education and um, when I think about um, relationships sometimes having this great historical background and where you grow up can shape how you view the world differently as compared to someone that lives in another area and so I like how you talked about being more cognizant of the impact of those. And I think also knowing that you being from Little Rock, you have an impact, whether you realize it or not, on those that you touch. Um, And as part of your impact is being able to be resilient Mm -hmm. and being able to be um, successful no matter the cards life deal deal to you. And for you, resilience is a huge part of your personal journey. So can you talk a little bit about why that is the case and how that personal journey parallels with your professional one? Uh, Absolutely. So, you know, when I think of resilience and I really probably carry that with me the most because after going through a divorce, uh, relocating back to Little Rock, Arkansas, my daughter was about five years old uh, and now she's, she's 19, as I mentioned. And so when you're going through life's challenges uh, of divorce, of relocation, of starting off as a single parent, you know, you are faced with so many different things. And not only are you faced with those things, but you question who you are, who you are as a mother, who you are as a person, who you are as a professional, uh, and having to really be able to separate those things, but but also use them or leverage them to really be the reason why you you push harder is really important. However, you don't know that when you're in the midst of it. You know, I didn't know how resilient I was until I'm thrown in. You know, you're thrown and in, thrust into those particular situations, and so you know, being able to you know 
let go of this stigma just because I'm a single parent that my child would have a stigma of being raised by a single parent where it really takes a village. So not only would I show up for her, she had grandparents or aunts or uncles or friends of the family who also showed up for her. Um, so, um, you know, it is, it is a journey in which it just has a lot of, a lot of highs and lows and you have to find out how to, you know, keep moving in those lows because those, when you get into the valley is really, really where you start to question who you are and what your purpose in life is. But, and when you're on, when you're on, on that high and, and kind of can see over the top, then, you know, everything looks okay. Or, or, but what happens is that I have to remind myself, and I did remind myself many times, you know, in, in, over the past few years that we've been here before and we've also seen the other side. We've come, we've, we've come, you know, been able to move past whatever those failures are, whatever, whatever those failures that we thought we did are to get to the other side. Um, you know, they, a lot of times, particularly when you think about resilience, you have that uncertainty of, of who you are as a person, uh, what you, what kind of value you're bringing to an organization, um, trying to balance that with, with motherhood. Um, and in my case, uh, I we started there at five. You know, I re, we relocated in 2018. My daughter was a junior. And no, let me, no one raised the, the white flag to say, this might not be the best time to move a child. So, you know, you think about high school being mature, but then also elementary and um, middle school could also be a challenge as well. And so it was a really tough term for her, which also had an impact on me. So as I'm trying to make the best decision to, to climb the corporate ladder, you know, I also, you know, had to really take in consideration uh, on the back end uh, of what impact this was going to have on, on my child. Uh, and she's never been a creature of, of change. But what I would say is that that move really helped her uh, to embrace change better. Uh, and so, you know, for me, I had moved and like I mentioned earlier, and I've lived in five or six different states um, for my career and I moved pretty frequently prior prior to that time. So I'm, I, you know, never shied away from from a move, particularly professionally. Uh, but when you think about, um, you know, being resilient and and dealing with uncertainty, resilience is just non-negotiable. Like you have to keep moving. You have to figure, figure out a way or make one quite honestly. And in that time of relocating, you know, making that decision, um, to, uh, take another role and uproot my family, of course, 2020 hits, um, not only are we faced with COVID and a pandemic, I also, my position was eliminated. And so at the same time, she's graduating from school. So, you know, her senior year wasn't the best because of COVID. And in the midst of this, not only am I empty nester, loss of job, you know, in a new area, though we were, we were familiar with the area, but it still wasn't home. Uh, all of that stacked on top of each other, you know, can really make you again, go back to those early years of questioning who you are, what your purpose is, and, you know, how do you add value? And so, you know, as I 
grappled kind of through all of those things, what I realized is that was a, this has been the first time that I've ever had an opportunity to have this type of time off to think about what it is I truly want to do, um, what it is that I really have a passion to do, and, and how can I ultimately, you know, have an impact on, on women, on people who look like me. And so I uh, was able to really leverage this time. Uh, I, as I mentioned, I co-authored a, a, an anthology, time that I would not have had to, to set aside to do writing and to think about my experiences as a Black woman in corporate America. Uh, in addition to that, kicking off the start of Dr. Tara Speaks and being able to, you know, really pursue my passion of coaching professional women who have been in their careers seven plus years like I was. And need, you really know when you need to make a decision to go up within the organization or out. And so many times we delay those decisions uh, because we're comfortable. Yeah, and I think you have shown that your resiliency is also rooted in your comfort in being uncomfortable. And sometimes without that, it's not really resilience, is it? It's just uh, kind of allowing your situation to move you. But resilience sometimes can be a uh, survival mode. It can also be an opportunity to be more reflective and and strategic rather than reactive and sometimes resilience gets a bad rap and I think it would be great if we didn't always have to be resilient because the connotation is that you struggled or you went through hardships but for you you chose to pivot and move and change and create an opportunity for you and your daughter that would not have been there if you didn't become comfortable with being uncomfortable. And I think that's a great lesson for your daughter to learn as she moves in this world as an adult. Now she may have opportunities that present themselves to her, but she will have to take a leap of faith. She will have to have to be courageous. And I also hate change, even if it's change that I prayed for. It's funny. Um, but because I like the comfort that comes with the known and the discomfort that comes with the unknown is terrifying even if it's an unknown that you may or may not have prayed for it could be a blessing for you and your family um i wanted to circle back to something that you talked about and it was that in those valleys you start to question who you are what your purpose is but you in the valley that for many people was the pandemic you chose to reshape that question and think about the blessing that it was for you to have pause, forced pause because of the loss of a job, but pause. And in that pause, in those pause moments, we can choose to allow ourselves to be more cont contemplative and creative. And so out of that contemplative mode and creativity came this coaching business, came the opportunity to co-author a book. And so for those of us that, like like the women you coach, that have a fear of the unknown, if we've learned nothing about 2020 into 2021, 
is that the unknown is inevitable. It's mm-hmm. what you do with that that can really change the trajectory of your life. What are some tips that you've had um, or who are some people that you've added in your corner to help you? In you know, th- again, another great question. And you really said some really key things um, it, it, uh, just a few minutes ago. One is you are absolutely right. Being uncomfortable is what has pushed me. And I find that I do better in uncomfortable situations. Like I'm more, I, you know, I have more initiative. I have more drive to get the things done that need to be done when I'm uncomfortable. Uh, but also, you know, the piece of, I have been the most optimistic person throughout this time that I didn't even realize that, that I was. Uh, you know, many people reached out to say, hey, you know, how are you doing during this time? And quite honestly, I would say, you know, what do you mean, how, how am I doing? Like, I'm not sick or anything. And they are calling, because they know that I'm not working or I don't have a job. And I'm like, oh, no, oh, I'm, I'm good from that perspective uh, because I am truly embraced leveraging this time to be better. What I didn't want to do and what I refuse to do is to come out of this pandemic and look the same, doing the same things that I was doing prior to. Like that's just, it, it was not an option for me. I wanted to make ensure that I have leveled up in my in my life to do the work that I truly have a passion to do, to make the make the choices that I want to do versus being forced to do them, um, not wanting to do them, but actually, you know, waking up happy about the work that I'm doing every day. And knowing that it's making a difference. And so when I think about, even if some of the clients that I've talked with, and as I think about conversations um, that we've had, when you think about being in the valley, one is that you have to have a relationship with, with God or whoever your 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 God is um, and ensure that there's a connection there. Uh, two, because you're really needing to seek insight on, um, and clarity on what it is that you should be doing. What I'm clear on is that the work that I've been doing over the f- past 15 or 16 years was not the work that I was designed to do. I was designed for that time. However, I have a bigger purpose. And that purpose is to impact women who 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 are currently sitting in the seat that I used to sit in, who are currently trying to make a decision on what they should do with their careers, how that's going to impact their families, what that looks like on, if they if they go up in the organization or out of the organization. Uh, so also identifying really having a heart conversation with yourself because people are going to tell you or try to encourage you to do different things, but you have to truly assess your heart and know what it is that you want to do. That doesn't mean that it's going to come into fruition tomorrow, but you have to be clear on what it is that you truly want, because that sets the foundation of the work that we need to do to get you there. But if you're unsure on what that looks like, it's hard to have a pathway of knowing how to get there. Uh, so it's really important that one, you have that relationship with God, you seek clarity on, on what it is that you want to do and that you you are clear on what it is 
that, that you want to do, whether that's in the organization or outside of the organization, um, so that you know what your next phase of your career looks like. I love that. And I like that um, definitely connecting with your relationship with God or whatever higher power that you um, believe in, because that is the source of your greater purpose. It's not going to be even the relationships with your children or your friends. They're amazing, but there's an even greater connection that you need to make. And I think that allows you then to weed out, like you were saying, kind of the noise that you get when you're making a life choice. You get all types of opinions and they're, they are well, most of them can be um, well-meaning opinions, but you want to make sure that you're rooted in your purpose. Like you say, rooted in who you're supposed to be. And so those critical conversations that we have with ourselves that we sometimes avoid out of false productivity, right? We pack our schedule. We are busy, 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 and we never have time to really be one with ourselves and God. And so having that real conversation and being intentional and having a coach like yourself to help us in those conversations um, is a really great step. And I like how you talked about um, allowing it to let you have a purpose and being clear and set the foundation for yourself. Because if you're not clear, it's almost like driving without lanes. You're you're going in all types of directions and you don't really know where you're supposed to stop, what your boundaries are for yourself. And those boundaries might, might be in the, in, in the workplace, like you're supposed to, like you're saying, stay in that company or at another company or outside of the, of that environment altogether. And you have to be rooted in yourself because when you make a decision, any decision, it could be, I'm sending my kid to, a charter school instead of a public school or something like that. Everybody's going to have an opinion, but you have to be confident in whatever choice you make to say, I appreciate your thoughts, but this is why this is the best path for me moving forward. And you don't even have to explain it with it, but explain it to them if you don't need to. But being able to answer that for yourself makes you feel confident when you get feedback that may or may knowing not your possible. why is pertinent like you, you it's not an option you have to know your why no yes. one else can tell you what your why is you have to know it and you have to face that and move forward mm-hmm. so earlier you talked about the presence of the community that helps you raise your daughter and again you are really great and you may not have noticed it but I noticed it um and the way that you pivot and sharing your story so you talked about how you had this fear of being stigmatized for being a single mother and rather than thinking of the stigma of being a single parent you thought of the positives of this newfound community that your daughter and you were around the relatives that helped you raise her and so again you are reshaping and reframing your circumstance Um, a lot of people are so stuck on a certain lens to look at their life circumstance and whether it's through positive relationships or coaching or the conversations with god they are able to reframe and reshape that, but that takes practice. What are some ways that you have found in your coaching to help people reframe circumstances so they can 
weed through the weeds of trying to make a decision. A great, again, another great question. And and you're right. It is, it does take practice. And, and honestly, for me over the, over the years, it is, it's something that really happens kind of organically for me. I choose to look at how, what am I to learn from this? Like, what is this situation teaching me versus to, you know, take it as, you know, woe is me and, you know, questioning the why I try to find out or try to really spend time and saying, you know, how am I really going to leverage what has just occurred um, to make it better or to make me better for what I do. And when I think about, you know, um, the, the clients of coaching them, we do several different types of, of exercises. One is, a, is, is the first assessment of really where you are uh, before you can even, we can even talk about where you're going, like, where are you? And depending on some of the answers that they provide, I can pretty much tell if they're really in the space mentally to make a decision. Many times it may be something that just happened at work that, you know, someone was really upset about, or got pissed off about, and they're like, okay, I'm going to leave, or, you know, that's not what this is for. This is for the individual, the, the professional woman who mm-hmm. knows that they have all the skills and talent to, to be at the next level and or that they want to take their skills, experiences and talent somewhere else or just start a new, you know, pursue a new opportunity. And in doing that, we, we do an assessment. We do a what, we, what I call kind of a, a life cycle of what's going on around you that's impacting um, how you respond. Um, one, uh, another one is with priorities. What are your true priorities today? And in many cases, and I was like many of the clients that I've had, uh, you know, are we spend more time at work than we do at home. And we have more conversations with our coworkers than we do with our, mm-hmm. with our spouses, with our children, uh, with our parents. And so when you take a look at where your priorities are today, yes. You know, my push with the with that with that particular client is we have to change the landscape of your priorities in order to go up or out. And so being that's why I say it's really important to one, know your why, but also assess your heart because you have to be ready to truly make a decision on what's best for you and and but also embrace where you are today because although you're saying you're ready to go up or out. That may not really be what we're finding when we're working through these exercises to, to really address where you are. Yeah. I love that because that allows people to be really, really realistic with what they want. Everybody, you know, has those weeks, maybe not everybody, a lot of people have those weeks where conflict happens in the workplace and you're just like, I'm done. I'm looking at resume, like I've updated my resume. I'm looking at jobs and you might then go from one frying pan to the next frying pan because you're reactive and not reflecting on the next step and being strategic. And that's, that mindset comes obviously from your business background, but also because of your experience working in HR and seeing how people have come in and out of workplaces, you understand the pros and cons of making those rash decisions. So your expertise definitely helps your clients in that sense. But I also like how um, 
the life cycle of what's going on around you. And when I, when you said life cycle, I thought of someone, and this isn't even my life situation, but someone that might be, maybe their employer pays for really great healthcare and they need that currently for whatever life situation they're having, or um, maybe they have um, terrible benefits and they would like to go to a place that offers better benefits. And it doesn't even have to do with money or, um, you know, status or career. It could be a parallel move or horizontal shift, but it's a monumental shift in just their value mm-hmm. system, their comfort level. And in this year, I've talked to a lot of people. A lot of companies are experiencing um, turnover, high turnover rates, just because of the choice of women, especially choosing to stay at home because they've realized how much they value time at home or starting their own businesses like yourself and realizing that rather than being um, like a, a party to the ignorance of corporate America that can exist, they'd rather create something of their own. But even further, I think a lot of the turnover personally comes from this life cycle analysis that some people are forced to make because of the pandemic like yourself you said that you wanted to level up and level up might seem like you know make more money this this and this but for you what you said was you wanted to you didn't want to leave the same person you wanted to do something that made a difference that made you happy and made you know that you were making a difference and i think that's a true definition of leveling up and it's not the same definition that most people would think of when you ask them, oh, let's level up. It's a bigger car, bigger house, you know, status, title. But what you're working with with your clients is leveling up in a sense that brings them closer to the person they're called to be rather than closer to where society might say they correct. should be. Correct. Absolutely correct. And that, you know, I'm glad that you mentioned that because most people, when they hear level up, that's what they're, they are, they are, you know, thinking about it from a accumulation of, of money or, or material things. And for me, it was about, no, I want to use this time to be, you know, to make an impact and really that space that really was really pulling, tugging at my heart were women and women who like myself have been on this corporate uh, journey for for seven or plus seven or more years, although mine was fifteen or sixteen, knowing that we should have stopped or should have pivoted long before that time. And so, you know, when I'm having those conversations, you know, I'm seeing so much of myself in those clients, and be, and because of that, I'm able to really have really detailed, more, you know, really, I would say, deep conversations, but. Um, but I pushed really hard as well because I feel like had I had that in my life at that time from a professional perspective, I probably would not have stayed in corporate America the length of time that I did. But also coupled with what you said is a lot of it does come down to what do you need during that time? Benefits with a, with a child, benefits for a, a spouse, uh, you know, many people have different type of illnesses, you know, you just, it's hard to walk away uh, from the things that are really carrying us or keeping us uh, during those, during those times, whether, whether it's difficult or not. 
Uh, many times we're just put in a position where we are forced to have to make that turn or that pivot. And it's not until we are really look on the other side that we, we see that we were not doing the work that we were designed to do, nor was it our passion. Yes, and like you said, when you're in the struggle, it's hard to see that. But when you come to the other side, you leave the valley as you will, you can see that, wow, I thought I was happy or where I needed to be, but now I know that I'm meant for something better or greater um, or more fulfilling. And even if the choice in all of that real and assessment and life cycle analysis is that, okay, at this moment, we we do want to pivot, but it may be best to wait an extra year or so to have all of your ducks in a row. At least you've done that reflection and you haven't been so reactive that you are just putting yourself in another non-fulfilling position. So I love that. I just love that um, when you talk about resilience in your story, you're also teaching people resilience in their professional life, but in a way that is not the going through struggle and being uh, okay with being harmed in struggle, but rather pivoting your mindset and transitioning your mindset and reframing so that even if it is hard and a struggle, it is something that you have been empowered through and not something that you are just crawling through to get to the other side. There's still power. There's power and resilience. It feels differently too. So it's, it's a different feeling when I'm waking up to go to a job or to get on zoom calls all day and, you know, don't leave my, my, my desk at home for six to eight hours working for someone else. Uh, it's, it's a, it's tough as, as well as starting your own business as being an entrepreneur. It doesn't happen overnight, but it's a different feeling. I'm fulfilled because I'm doing the work that I want to do for me, yes. but also the work for other people. And I'm seeing that and I'm hearing that in conversations. And it is not that you always need those kudos and accolades to get through, but they, they, they resonate differently when they're coming from a place where you know that you've had a direct impact on the decision someone's making and or how they're feeling compared to, you know, getting up, drive on this commute for 30 minutes or more, you know, just really don't really like my job. You know, there's challenges, there's politics, there's racism. There, there, there's so much, so many things that are in this melting pot that you, you have to deal with. Uh, But there is a distinct difference every day that I wake up on how I feel, how I approach the things that I have to do because I'm doing it with, with, with a sense of purpose. Yes, I love that because even if your your choice is, you know what, I am going to commute further because this new job has a better opportunity for me or has more fulfillment, And um, but at least you know you're doing it and you're waking up earlier, you're doing whatever choice you make for yourself. And like you said, even if the choice is to leave the traditional corporate structure, that doesn't mean that it's going to be easy it just means that it's going to be even in the difficult difficulty it's going to be more fulfilling and i think that's a distinction there's never i mean there's probably an easy job 
that's like absolutely easy, no problems whatsoever out there. I haven't found it yet. But even in the struggles or little things that you wish you could change, the overall purpose and outcome is your ability to live your most authentic self. What And that the way that you're living that most authentic self just happens to be through this position. And I think when people figure this stuff out, another benefit of the way that you do this reframing and coaching is that, God forbid, they lose a job or something tragic happens and they have to leave a job or take care of family. They've figured out what brings them purpose and value, and they can find another area or another job or another path to do that. And they're not so anchored to a singular company or position. They know their value and they know that that value can translate into many different paths and you've helped them figure out what they value. Um, I want to thank you so much. And I always ask my guests this final question. It is, what is a rose and a thorn? A rose is a highlight that's happened to you lately. And a thorn is a valley or a bump along the way. Um, so definitely the thorn would be, you know, with the, the position elimination with, with the job loss, uh, the, uh, the rose would be the impact, um, and the, the opportunity to share my story on different platforms, but also to help women to define their own paths. Mm-hmm. And being here today is, is a, is one of my roses, I thank you so much for sharing your story. And I know that those listening have gained so many nuggets. I definitely have. I love, I mean, I'm going to take away the life cycle idea and definitely the way that you're able to tell your story, the good and the bad, but reframe the bad in a way that still finds goodness in it. And I think so much of our stories can have struggle and hardships, but there's, there's, there are blessings, just like this year has been a blessing for some people, even though it is probably the hardest and worst years for so many others. And I think the way that we think about life allows us to move through life with a sense of joy, even in struggle and um, uncertainty. And I think the way that you coach definitely helps people feel empowered in doing that. So thank, thank you so you. much for thank you joining me, sharing your story. Where can people follow along on your story? Oh, great. Thank you for asking. So I am Dr. Tara on Instagram, on Facebook, and at Twitter. And drtaraspeaks.com. They can take a look there and also purchase the book if they're interested. Yes, I will leave that information down below and head over to her website, drtaraspeaks.com, so that you can grab the book, share it with a friend, and follow along on her story. Thank you again, Tara. Have a great rest of your week. Thank you. This has been absolutely fantastic. Thank you. I'm sure, like me, you had a couple takeaways from Dr. Tara Hines' story. First, make sure you know your why because no one else can tell you your why. And that is the foundation of setting goals and understanding who you are. I love that she used the term having a heart conversation with yourself, because of course people encourage you and they mean well, but knowing your own foundation is important. And then I love that she reframes the way that she looks at situations. Resilience can be defined as many things, but often it's a change in mindset as a result to your circumstance that really allows you to succeed 
wherever you land. So that assessment that she has and understanding that what goes around you doesn't necessarily define you, but you have to reframe your priorities for today so that you can set yourself up for a better tomorrow. As always, please follow along our guests and you can follow Dr. Tara on Instagram and drtaraspeaks.com. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you enjoyed it, please go ahead and leave a review so that others can listen to stories just like Tara's. If you're not yet subscribed to the podcast, please subscribe wherever you're listening to this podcast. Follow Tell Me If You Can podcast on Instagram at Tell Me If You Can podcast. And as always, have a great day in your own amazing story. Mm-hmm.